Indeed, it is my privilege to be with the church here at East Side in Singapore. As Brother Eric po pointed out to me as we came in, he said, you have not only come to the east, but you've come to the far east. And I, for, I told him I was going to steal that from him. And I thank that. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, it's always good to be together with like-minded brethren. Uh, this was my first time to be able to be with the brethren at the Four Seas Lectureship, and I enjoyed it very much. Uh, got to meet some brethren I've never met before, and got to be reunited with Brother Eric, who uh, we've worked together for many years in India, and for about 10 years now, we haven't seen each other. And so it's good to get reacquainted again with Brother Eric. Again, we appreciate so much. It's always encouraging when we come together to worship our God, wherever we are, whether it's in the United States or if it's in India or if it's here in Singapore, wherever it is, when we can come together with like-minded brethren, it is indeed a privilege for us to be together. As, as he mentioned, last night he asked me, he said, what is your lesson going to be on? And I think I kind of got him a little surprised when I told him I died last night. And because it, it was, what, what do you mean by that? And I thought, well, maybe tonight you'll find out what I mean by that. You know, we take a look at our life and we think of life as it's just going on and on and on and on. I remember when I was such a young child and I look around and see young children here. And my wife told me not just too long ago, about a month and a half ago, she said, John, you are now three quarters of a century old. And I thought, that sounds terrible compared to just saying 75. But indeed, and I look back and think, what happened between 75 and those years that I remember when I was, I first remember back around when I was four, four years old, when I first started getting some memories, I guess, that I still can recall. And thinking, where did that time go? And that's what we look at. How long is a lifetime? And as you know, and I know, it varies from person to person. We have some people that die very young, some people who die very old. Now, none of us, I'm going to guess, none of us are going to be as old as Methuselah was when he died. Yeah, I, I, unless it's Eric. He may be. <laughs> but think about it. When we take about a lifetime, it implies perimeters, doesn't it? We have a beginning and we have an ending. We all have family. We all have friends that perhaps even this year, they died unexpectedly or they died after a long illness or it's been a very short time. Uh, my first child was born still. I never really got to meet my first child, my only son. And I hope to meet him one day in heaven because I know that's where he is. But one of these days I will get to meet him if I live faithfully. But we think about that family and friends who are just a short time on this earth, others who live hundred years or more. And if we take a look at that, and then Sister Baby Fawn, Baby, is that correct? Okay, I met her on my very first trip over here. And she just, she wasn't feeling well, but she, guess what? She invited me into her home along with Brother Jim O'Connor at the time. And we stopped in and saw her. And, and she's just a short, short little girl. What, and what a blessing she was to me to meet her and see her. And she encouraged me so much in coming to Singapore and going to India. But to think of the long life that she lived. 
And she, as she passed on, when I got the notice, and I informed my wife, Leanna, that, about her also, and reminding ourselves that we are in a time frame, that one of these days the Lord is going to call us home too, and we need to look at that and realize that every day that the Lord gives us is a valuable day. It's a very precious day. And we need to remind ourselves of that. We Sometimes we get up and say, oh, it's raining outside. What a gloomy day. It's another day the Lord has blessed us with. And we can look at that rain and say, it's another day that the Lord has blessed us with the rain to regenerate this earth. And it's a day that we can rejoice in the Lord. We come together so often that sometimes we take each other for granted. And all of a sudden, somebody's gone. And we think, what happened to them? Perhaps they've died. Perhaps they've moved away. And sometimes our memories forget each other. But as I mentioned with Eric and I, we can't forget each other. We know each other too well. And that's why I'm kind of surprised he's here tonight, because he knows me so well. I thought maybe he would stay away. He's heard John enough at times in India. But I'm thankful that he is here. But there was a businessman, a very successful businessman. And one night he was sitting at home, and he got to thinking, what would happen to his business? What would happen to his family if he died that night? Well, he did not die that night, but he came together with his business associates the next day, and he was visiting with them, and he was talking to his plant manager. He was talking to his uh, public accountant, accountants. He was looking, talking to the workers. He said, what would have happened to my family and to this work if I had died last night? Suppose that would happen. Would, would my family be provided for? Would the jobs continue to go on through the business? Would, would it still prosper? What would happen? And I want to ask each and every one of you, he said to those around the table, what would happen if I died last night? And so that is my statement to you, that I wish you to dwell on this night, to think what would happen to you if you died last night. If I had died last night, where would I be? What would I be doing? We have to remind ourselves, we never know when that day is going to come. If you have your Bibles handy, our topic will come from Acts chapter 7, a passage you're familiar with, I'm sure. Faithful servant by the name of Stephen. He had went and talked to these people about Jesus and they stoned him to death because of his teaching. And his final words in Acts chapter 7 and verses 59 and there in 56, it says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not the sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The great disciple Stephen was concerned even as he was preparing to die about spiritual things. He was concerned about those people who rejected Jesus and stoned him, killed him. His father, does it remind you of Jesus on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, there are going to be many things that we might be concerned about 
when we look at death's door. If we have time, and we may not have five seconds, we might have five months, we might have five years. We do not know when that time is going to happen to us. And we have to get ready for that time. And for that important question that we need to ask ourselves, what happens to us? Where am I going to be one second after I take my last breath? Where am I going to be? I want you to know today you need to be thinking about that. Put yourself in that place today, right now, saying, I died last night. And what is happening around you? You, If you died last night, you're not going to be concerned about how much money you have in the bank account. You're not going to be concerned whether or not you were able to get a driver's license or buy a car or have a, a spread of place to, to live. You would not be concerned about those things. What you would be concerned about most of all is where am I? Am I in paradise or I am in the Indian world? And am I in that place where I don't want to be? Where am I? One second after I take that last breath, I won't be concerned about anything except my spiritual. And you say, John, how do you know that? Well, you can read about that in the scriptures, of course. There was a man who uh, was very rich in this worldly things. And when he died, the first thing he thought about was himself. But we'll get to that in just a moment. But don't we think about ourselves? We want to think about ourselves. Am I living the proper example for those I'm around? That they want to follow me where I am going? Death comes in all sizes, all shapes, all social economic classes, whether you're poor, you're rich. No matter where you're living in the world, there's going to be, if you walk through cemeteries, we have many cemeteries in the United States, and it's, I enjoy going through cemeteries because I like to read some of the epitaphs on some of the headstones. They're fun to look at and read and see, you know. And there's one, I believe, I, if I can recall, it said, here I lie, and here you will be. I hope that you follow me. Well, that sounds good, but I want to know where did he, where is he? Do, do I want to follow him or not? But we need to be prepared for that day. And when we look at those obituaries, we go through the cemeteries, some of the dead have gone. We're a lot like you and a lot like me. Turn to the book of Zechariah and Zechariah chapter one and verse number five. Zechariah is asking a very important question. He says, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live? forever. We can take a look around and say, oh, well, that person, I knew them for 40 years. I knew them for 50 years. Or I maybe only knew them for 10 years. Where are they now? And we go back and we can see and we can look where their bodies were laid in this earth. They were a lot like you and me. Where are they? People may remember you from 10 years from now, but will they remember you 100 years from now? The brother that got that uh, got Eric and I started on working in India. A number of years, Jim O'Connor would come. He would come to Singapore. He would be in India. The young people that I am around now, Eric, they look at me when I say Jim O'Connor, they don't have a clue who I'm talking about. You see, but someday 
that will happen to us. But what about those around us today? Those who who remember Brother O'Connor can look and say, I want to identify with him because I know where he is. I know where he and his wife are. They're in paradise. They're waiting. I remember on one of my trips over to India, I had a heart attack. While I was first day in country in India, I don't remember, Eric, it wasn't with us that year. And when I got back to the States, Jim O'Connor, he talked to me and, and he talked to me. He said, well, what would have had, he said, I really hated to hear about you having a heart attack in, in, in India. I said, Jim O'Connor, I said, what you were worried about was I was going to get to paradise before you. What a lovely thought, huh? That's where we all want to be when we leave this world. Turn to Isaiah chapter 38. In Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 and 2, you know, we have to get our lives in order. If we died last night, have we already had our lives in order? Are we prepared to meet our maker? Were we prepared? Remember, we died last night. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. Now we know, if you know the story of Hezekiah, Hezekiah had a chance to set his life in order. He was given more years. But we don't know when that day will come to us. When you take a look at Hezekiah's life, he had that time to get it ready. I'm not sure that he was quite ready when he died, if you take a look at his life. But you and I have, an, have a little bit of advantage right now. We are still living, and we are looking and thinking about, what if I had died last night? Do you, if you died last night, would you say would your family say he had his life in order she had his life her life in order would they say i want to follow where they went come where i go would they want to be where you're at had you died last night perhaps some of you have been waiting and waiting and waiting put the Lord on a baptism. You know, yes, I've heard hundreds, perhaps, of lessons on what I need to do to be saved. I've heard hundreds of lessons to get prepared because we don't know. And perhaps you've just been sitting there and saying, oh, I've got time. I've got time. I've got time. Again, one year when I went to India, I had a preacher come up to me that we worked with at the time. And he said, John, I had this lady here who was waiting for you to get here so she could be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of her sins. I said, where is she? He said, she died last night. Brethren, we need to remind ourselves that it doesn't matter who baptizes us. Don't When we know that we need to be baptized and have our sins washed away, we don't wait. We do it. Every example we have in the scriptures they did it immediately as soon as they knew. Don't put it off. Some of you perhaps have put it off, even up to today. Some of you have been faithful to the Lord. Some of you maybe this is the first time you've come together with the Lord's people. 
and you haven't been faithful as you should be. I'm talking to you today, those who haven't become Christians and those who don't have their house set in order. Today might be the day. What will you be thinking at death's door? Remember, you died last night. You died last night. Perhaps you're thinking, why didn't I obey the gospel? Why didn't I put Christ on in baptism? I ended up here with a rich man. That's not where I wanted to be. Did I do what God told me to do to become a New Testament Christian? Or did I just keep putting it off and putting it off until it was too late? You see, the Bible is very plain at what is at stake here, our very soul. We might gain the whole world and lose our soul. Unfortunately, too many look for that almighty dollar, don't they? They say, how many of those can I get? But you know what? How many of those people take it with them to the grave? It doesn't follow them. What are we working for? Are we working for the eternal or the material? We have to remind ourselves how important. You know, many people look around at all the sincere religious people, and there are a lot of very sincere religious people out there who've not followed God's gospel, that they have not went and become a child of his. And, and you, you take a look at how say, oh, I hope the Lord will be have mercy on them. I had a sister in Christ tell me that a few years ago. She said, I hope that when judgment day comes that God says, you know what? I've just changed my mind. And I said, I hope I don't serve that God because my God cannot lie. And if he changes his mind on judgment day, he is a liar. My God can't lie. And she looked at me and she said, I never thought of that. Brethren, we need to remind ourselves. God is a merciful God. That's why you're still alive. But what if you had died last night? Most everyone here today knows what they need to do to become a Christian. Most everyone who is a Christian knows that you should live a Christian life daily, not just once a week or twice a week. Most of us feed ourselves more than three times a week. I can guarantee you I do. Might be a milkshake, but I like my milkshakes. We get hungry for the word of God. Do we feed ourselves? Do you feed yourselves daily with the word of God like you should be doing? We cannot expect to be full of the spirit of God, his word, if we don't open it up at home. If we don't obey it, if we don't follow it. There are many who are become Christians and it's just to get mom and dad off their back. Oh, mom and dad, I, I became a Christian. What did you do it just to get mom and dad to stop getting you on you about why haven't you become a Christian? Maybe your sister, your brother said, oh, it's time for you to become a Christian. But the time is when you're ready. But so many put it off and put it off. Many Christians who know better, know the life that they're supposed to be living, still go out and still have one foot dangling in the world. When worldly things come up and say, oh, well, I won't be able to go to services and be with the church today. 
because I've got these worldly activities. We say, well, I've got family that I haven't been able to see for 10 years. And they're coming in and they're just going to be here for a short period of time. And that's going to be the during, during the time that the church comes together. And I'm just going to stay at home. What if the Lord comes while you just decided to stay at home? Which is more important? He who hates, who loves mother or father or sister or brother is not worthy of me. If you love them more than you love God. And that's what we show them when we forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, if you're living outside the body of Christ and you died last night, you died lost. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verses 7 through 9. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. It says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, get this, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You died last night. Were you one of those who died outside the glory of his power? Or were you one of those that he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant? You know, there's one place that you'll never find God, and that's in hell. God will never be there. And if you think about hell, can you think of anything good? There's nothing good about hell, is there? Have you ever burnt your hand on a, an open fire? You said, do you want to do it again? And when our children put their hands up on a get ready for the cooking stove, and they start to reach up when the fire is still on, or the, or the electrical fire is still on, and you, you grab them and say, no, we don't do that. Think of the fire of hell that is there. There won't be anyone there or anything there in hell to comfort us. Not one thing. It won't be, well, my, my mom and dad are there. My sister and brother are there. My friends are there. They won't be comforting you at all. There won't be anything pretty there. And if you have not become a Christian... You're not headed for heaven, but you are headed for Satan's hell. No matter how much you want to go to heaven, if you have not become his child, you will not be open, opening that door. We need to remind ourselves, each of us is responsible for our own souls. We will give an account of why we did or did not follow Jesus. I won't have, you won't have to worry about giving an account for me. I will give an account for myself, just as you will give an account for you. You're responsible for getting yourself to heaven. If you don't want to go to heaven, you know what you need to do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. If we want to go to heaven, though, we try to take others with us. We want to try and bring our, our, our spouse, our husband or a wife, our children, our grandparents, our friends, our neighbors. We want them to go to heaven with us. Are you thinking 
John, I haven't obeyed the gospel. But I'm going to do that soon. Just not today. But remember, the whole topic, I died last night. If you died last night, you don't have tonight to prepare yourself. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have the next day. You died last night. If you died last night, we would have been announcing the death, wouldn't we? We would have been announce, announcing the funeral, and people would be crying over you. People at your funeral may be saying good things about you, but they could never say, well, he was wanted to become a Christian. They would be sorrowful because you're lost. Because you're lost. I have a good intentions. I'm just give me more time. No, you died last night. There will be no judgment day second chances. Your second chance while you're still breathing on this earth is right now. Nothing we might do this side of eternity is going to make a difference when you're dead and you're gone. If you have not become a child of his, when you're dead, there's not a second chance. It's not, well, you know, you, you were a good person. Come on in. That's not what God has told us in his word. Was I faithful to God? If I became a child of his, that was the first question. The second question, was I faithful to God? My topic at the four C's was Revelation chapter 2, verse number 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be ye faithful unto death. Are we faithful? Well, you're not faithful if you know that you need to become a Christian and you haven't been one. You haven't done so. Take a look at 2 Peter. Turn with me to 2 Peter, the second chapter. 2 Peter, the second chapter, and verse number 20. 2 Peter, the second chapter, and verse number 20. For after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed her wallowing in the mire. I've had friends back in the States that were pig farmers. And they would tell me how they would take care of their pigs, and they would tell me that, you know, if you took a pig out of that environment, and you clean them up, and you per perhaps put some perfume on them, and you brought them in the house, and you set them up at the table, you know how they would eat? Just like a pig. It didn't change them at all. They may have been cleaner on the outside, been easier to get up there and, and fight. You'd have to fight with them to get them up there in the chair. But they're still a pig. They have not changed. They're still like the pig. The pig wants to go back to that mud hole. <clears throat> Her nature hasn't changed. But you see, we can change because God sent his son so that we can change. 
It doesn't matter what you would call a pig. He's still a pig. We can take that filth and have it washed away. <clears throat> you and I can change our nature. But again, the question is not, can we, but have we changed? You know, perhaps there was a time that you honestly and sincerely obeyed the gospel. But then you, you did, you became a member of the Lord's church, but life in the pig pen just kept calling you back. Perhaps you're going to say, well, John, I did wander away, but you know, I'm, I'm going to come back one day. Remember again, you died last night. There's no chance of coming back today. It's going to be late, too late for me to tell you anything to encourage you. That's why I'm as plain as I can be today. Today might be the last day you take a breath. Are you prepared for that day? If I outlive you, there'll become a time that you died. Perhaps the announcement will be made that you passed away. You'll be a lifeless body that people will come and view, perhaps. But then it'll be too late for you to turn to the Lord. The third question, I think I've still got a few more minutes. The third question, was I a good influence on my family and friends? Turn to Luke, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. We mentioned him earlier. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. We see a rich man here who, who typified the lifestyle of, of the rich and famous, we would say. You know, the lifestyle of many among us, perhaps. But when he died, what happened to him? Let's read Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. Now, I'm guessing most of you have been out there on a hot day in Singapore and you just wish you would have a drop of water that you can drink because you've been outside. Manual labor and me are not coexisting. I try to stay away from manual labor. But I remember the days when I was out in the fields at times and I'd go and my sweat would be pouring from me and I would just wait for a, a touch of water. And here's this rich man. He says, just give me a, a tip of his finger in water. And guess what is told to him? He said, sin Lazarus. I'm tormented in a flame. But Abraham said, son, remember? that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And now the next part is something that should scare us to death if we aren't a Christian or if we aren't a faithful Christian. 
He says, besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that they would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren. Remember, he died. The first thing he was worried about, I'd like to have a drop of water. The next thing he's worried about, I've got five brothers. I do not want them to follow me here. Listen, I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, <coughs> again, excuse me, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. Think of that. First thing he thought about, give me a drink, just a little drop of water. Think of the influence he had on his family. Think of the influence that he had that they were going to be following him exactly at the same place. And he said, I don't want them here. You may have had kinfolk, mothers or fathers, sisters or brothers, who did not follow God and ended up in hellfire. Brethren, they don't want you to follow them there. They want you to do everything possible to go to heaven. They don't want anyone you know, the only one that wants somebody to follow them there? Satan. Satan saying, you can wait another day. Satan says, it's okay. The rich man woke up in torment. There were no messengers from the dead to come back to him and tell him anything about the family. He was dead. Decision already been made on his life. There's a poem by the, a man by the name of Edgar Guest. It goes like this. It says, he was going to be all that a mortal should be tomorrow. No one should be kinder or braver than he tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew, who'd be glad of a lift and who needed it too, of whom he, of whom he would call and see him and what he could do tomorrow. Each morning he stacked up the letters he'd write tomorrow and thought of the folks that would fill me with delight tomorrow. It was too bad indeed. He was busy today and he hadn't a minute to stop on his way. More time he would have to give others he'd say tomorrow. The greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he ever seen tomorrow. But the fact is he died and he's faded from view. And all that is left here when living was through was a mountain of high things he intended to do tomorrow. Brethren, I pray that you're not waiting for tomorrow. That if you know that what you need to do to become a Christian, that you will not put it off until tomorrow because you are not guaranteed that day. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, 
And I saw a great white throne, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is a second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Brethren, if you're not a Christian, and if you're not a faithful Christian, and if you had died last night, that is where you're going to, well, that is where you have woke up to. Not tomorrow, but you've woke up to it already. Brethren, if you're not a faithful Christian, if you've not put Christ on in baptism, it's what you need to do tonight. You need to prepare your family for when you're going to be gone. But you have to prepare yourself to make sure. You can prepare your family as much as you can, but you know it's up to them whether or not they follow through. We need to take care of our spiritual business today, tonight, not worry about tomorrow. If you're not a Christian, at your funeral again, somebody could talk about how good a person you were, but they cannot tell anyone that you are in Abraham's bosom tomorrow. If you're not a child, there's no better to come back to the Lord, become a Christian. Put Christ on a baptism. You've you've heard the word of God. You know what is you've you you've heard it many more times than just once, I'm sure. You've been told that you need to hear the word of God. And then hearing on it, you have, again, a choice. And that's what the lectures were all about, choice, making choices this past week. You have a choice of whether or not to accept God's welcome home by joining him and becoming one of his children. He says, all you have to do is believe on the Christ. Repent of your sins. Have your sins washed away in baptism. Rise a new creature. And so then if you died... Tomorrow, you're saved in Abraham's bosom. And as I said, perhaps you've done that. But perhaps you're saying, John, are you about done? Because I'm ready to get out of here and go home because this is just one of those things. I, I, I've come in and I put my time card in and hit the old time. I showed up for my hour. I'm going home. If that's all you're doing, you're just playing and pretending. And your tomorrow, if you died last night, is not going to be a good one. It's be, brethren, and those who aren't brethren, if we die unprepared, we're, die we're, we're dying lost. We're dying and going to hellfire, a place where no one would ever want to be. If you haven't become a Christian, become one tonight. Be baptized. Have your sins washed away so that you are prepared for that day. But if you've gone back into the world after you've gone, you know, we, we take a look at the scriptures and we think, you know, there's people who you wonder how in the world did they ever go back? One I, that you've heard about numerous times, I'm sure, Demas. When Paul wrote about Demas, Demas is with me. Demas is with me. And then the last time we hear about Demas, Demas has forsaken me and gone back into the world. If Demas did not repent, He's not in paradise.
Brethren, you have that chance if you have been unfaithful to God to repent and return because you have another breath at this moment. You have an opportunity to become a Christian or an opportunity to come back to the Lord as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Hello, so I will linger wandering from the fold of God. Hear you not the invitation, O Christian, to me thy God. Tell us so, O heed the warning, for your life fills me God. O our sin, to face the judgment, to me thy God. Why so far does our descending violently in years go by and your life is fading fully to me thy God. And the soul, oh, heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Oh, I say, to face the judgment, unprepared to be thy God. If you spurn the invitation, heal the spirit, shall depart. Then you see your second condition, unprepared to meet thy God. Tell us so, oh, heed the warning. For your life will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment. Unprepared to meet thy God.